Die Humans, what's a good word? Chris Bunterhog here with Alex Freddie Williams for another edition of Wrestling All Style. Alex, how are you, my friend? I'm feeling spooky. Nah, that that's for next week's wrap. <laughs> I'm feeling good, man. Um, full disclosure, like this time it's on me that this wrap is coming out a little bit later than it should be. This one's on me. I'd I had to be a good boyfie for a night. Oh <laughs> uh, well. Yeah. Family yeah, comes first. Uh yeah, well happy wife, happy life pretty much sums it up. <laughs> yes. Uh but yeah, I suppose that being said, we won't waste any time and just get straight into the rap. Let's do it. We got a lot to talk about. Oh boy. So <laughs> Wednesday, October twenty first, twenty twenty for Impact Wrestling's Impact opening match was a uh opening match was where the winner earns entrance number twenty in the gauntlet match at, at Bam for Glory. Hernandez defeats Alicia Edwards, cousin Jake, Heath and Rhino. Uh, next was a singles match. Rosemary defeated Havoc. Following that, Sammy Callahan defeated Eddie Edwards. Co-main event, a six-man tag match. TJP, Trey, and Willie Mack defeated Chris Bay, Jordan Grace, and Rahit Raju. And in the main event, a tag team match, the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson versus the North, Ethan Page, and Josh Alexander to a no contest. Uh, Alex, your thoughts here, mate? Um, we'll probably dive into it more later, but Hernandez, like, getting the win in that gauntlet match was pretty much for nothing. Like, he didn't need to be number 20 to do what he does at the pay-per-view. It was just completely pointless. Oh, so dumb. Um, especially with, like, a couple of the surprise entrants they had. It, it could have been really good to have had one of them at number 20. And speaking of killer queens, um, <laughs> uh, um, killer being uh, Havoc, the killer of James Mitchell, losing to Rosemary. So I was really excited. I'm really excited to hopefully see the return of the Undead Realm next week. But uh, knock on wood on that one, mate. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, what What did you think of this episode of Impact? Because I thought, as far as go-home shows for a pay-per-view... I wasn't that keen on seeing the entire pay-per-view after this. Yeah, I felt it sort of didn't do what you wanted to do for a uh, go-home pay-per-view sort of show. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty annoying, um, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, the Eric Young, Rich Swan stuff's been really good. But I don't know if it's like, as they will refer to it at the pay-per-view as the, as Impact Wrestling's Oscars, um, 
Impact Wrestling Super Bowl. Like, I don't know if Eric Young versus Rich Swan is the main event for your Super Bowl or Oscars. Uh, then again, like, who can you pick from this roster that would be a worthy, like, main event? I don't know. Um, yeah, so-so episode for me. Yeah, uh, given it was a go-home, I felt bumped sideways this week. Yeah, this would be, like, a good, like, episode of Impact, like, three weeks away from the pay-per-view. But because this was the last episode before the pay-per-view, I I have to give it a thumbs down. It didn't do its job. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. I'm going to change. Thumbs down. (laughs) Atta boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. There, first of October 22nd, 2023. uh, WWE NXT US. First, a triple threat match. Kushida defeats Tommaso Ciampa and Velveteen Dream. Then Ember Moon defeats Jesse Kamea. Next, Bronson Reed defeated Austin Theory. Uh, following that, a six-man tag team match, Leguero Del Fantasma, Walking Wild, Raul Mendoza, and Santos Escobar defeated Ashante Adonis, Isaiah Swerve Bro Scott, and Jake Atlas. Next, Everise, Chase Parker, and Matt Marnell defeated Drake Maverick and Killian Dane via DQ. A singles match where Casey Canzaro with Caden Carter in her corner defeated Zia Lee. Co-main event of Timothy Thatcher defeating Anthony Green. And in the main event, Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan defeat Breezango and Dango and Tyler Breeze to become the new NXT Tag Team Champions. It was me, Adam Cole. It was me all along. <laughs> old Pat McAfee making his return. Old McCafe. Um, I thought I that wish was I a... was at McCafe. Oh, I thought I thought it was a pretty good angle, to be honest. Um, I thought the mask he used was dumb, <laughs> um, oh but that that's like semantics. Uh, what are your thoughts on Drake Maverick and Killian Dane? sort of nothing because I don't have a high opinion of Drake after the whole I don't want to lose my job, but I have. So now I'm fired and then gets to keep his job and it looks like it's a angle where he uses the firing of 40 of his friends so he can keep his job. He was legit fired though. They just like rehired him because he got a heap of retweets. Basically, or, and got ma- and got mainstream media coverage. Or did they tell him, "Look, we're going to fire you, and it's all going to work out to where you're going to get rehired, so we look like the good guys." Oh, yeah, maybe that was that. I-, I like your tinfoil hat theory here. I like it. Um. Yeah, maybe it was their way of trying to soften the negative backlash they'll get for firing so many people in the pandemic, especially yeah, at that yeah. point in time. We kept this one guy who we used to get married and pee himself on live TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kelly yeah. ain't smart, though. Or he has been, at least, where 
he just takes the Roman approach to tag teaming with Drake and just going, I don't want to be here. I'll come out when I'm ready. I think these two have such amazing chemistry. Say what you want about the firing angle and all that, or if it was an angle or not. I think this particular thing, like Killian and Drake, like the thing with the pop music and all that sort of stuff and the dancing and Killian just hating it and then people attacking Drake Maverick and Killian Dane, like, starts attacking other people for attacking Drake Maverick because I'm the only one that's allowed to hit Drake Maverick. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I think... I brought them up because I, I think they've been a bit of a highlight for me, to be honest. A um, bit of lighthearted, goofy sort of comedy, but it's like good fun sort of stuff as well. Uh, NXT do odd couple tag teams very well. Yeah, like if you, there. yeah, if you look back, like, yeah, Thatcher and Riddle was good. Thatcher and Pete Dunne was fantastic. I'm sure there's other examples. Someone brought it up on Twitter. I saw it. I forgot the other tag teams at the moment. But, yeah, Killian Dane and Drake Maverick are fantastic. they got great chemistry, but for the love of God, keep them away from the title picture. Yeah. I really thought we were going to get um, Wild and Mendoza chasing those titles or seeing how Imperium still in the US for God knows what reason, them going back after the titles, but okay, I guess this works. If you're um if you're confused about Imperium still being in the US, just wait until we talk about next week's episode. Wait until next week's wrap. Oh man, I'm so confused. Um, but yeah, um, I I think B- Birch and Lorcan are a great tag team to put the titles on. Thank God they're finally doing something with these two guys. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree there. Um, and then uh, closing uh, thoughts here: like thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. Uh, I'll barely give it a thumbs up, but I'll give it a thumbs up because I actually really enjoyed the Pat McAfee stuff, the undisputed arrogant taken out of the title match and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say thumb sideways. Yep, fair enough too. Thursday, October twenty second, twenty twenty, all elite wrestling dynamite. Alex. Do you care to explain this tournament? <laughs> oh, what's wrong with it? Uh, maybe it's just me, but I don't remember it sort of being announced the previous week. They've been announcing it for like three weeks. AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament. Yeah. They've been got like, it's been at least two weeks where they've announced entrance. Like, I think it was the first week after the pay-per-view they announced that both Hangman and Kenny are in it. Then they announced another couple of people the week after, and then they finished off the announcements the week before this one, and then the tournament started. 
Yeah, I think I'm just getting confused here because of the the name itself. Like it sounds like the title's vacant, but it's not, is it? No, no. Then, <laughs> but it is for Mox's title opponent, isn't it? Yeah, it's the number one contendership tournament, basically. <laughs> then what's it called? World Title Eliminator. It's something to do with college sports. It's something to do with that. It's some sort of reference to that. Okay. Yeah, there's something it, about, like, eliminators and, like, it's also to do with the fact that Moxley had beat, has beaten everyone in the top five. So yeah. they're giving people chances from outside of the top five. And that's something similar to what they do in college sports where they have, like, a wild card eliminator tournament in college sports, and the winner of the wild card gets the final spot to face the first-seeded team in playoffs or something ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, it's really convoluted. It And they probably should have just, like, instead of trying to pay homage to sports that maybe only Americans would understand, they should just say number one contender tournament. <laughs> but maybe, yeah, they, maybe they want this to be an annual thing, so they want to give it its own branding. Who knows? Because I turned on the TV, and like when I first heard this, I'm like, hang on, is Mox injured, and did he vacate the top? What the hell is going on? What? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it would have been even more confusing if only if a couple of weeks ago you saw that Kenny Omega was going to face Joey Janela in the first round. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'll go through the results, then we can talk about that. So uh, first round match in the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament, Wardlow defeats Jungle Boy, who had Luchasaurus and Marco Stun in his corner. Next, Kenny Omega defeats Sonny Kiss. Third, Ray Phoenix defeats Penta L0M. And in the fourth first round match, Adam Adam Page defeats Colt, Coban- Colt Cabana, who had Evil Uno in his corner. Co-main event of the night, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD with Reba in her corner, defeated Kaylin King. And in the main event, AEW World Tag Team title, number one contendership, four-way match, the Young Bucks, Man Nick Jackson, defeat Private Party, Isaiah Castillo and Mark Quinn, The Butcher and the Blade, with the bunny in their corner, and the Dark Order members, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Um, yeah, so I suppose pick up on your thought there, Kenny Omega versus Sonny Kiss. Yeah, well, Joey Janela was at the Collective. The Collective ended up being a super spreader event of COVID-19. Um, Joey Janela had contact with someone that had COVID-19, so he had to sit out, and they replaced Sonny Kiss. Um, I loved everything about Kenny Omega in this match. I loved his entrance. I loved, like, Justin Roberts, like, being force-fed to read, like, all these stupid like accomplishments Kenny Omega ha- has had in his career 
like talking about like how Kenny Omega is a visionary in the art of professional wrestling and stuff like that. Kenny, oh, he says something like Kenny Omega has a friend that is from North Carolina. Like it was just so much stuff. It was so good. I loved that. I love Kenny Omega just squashing Sunny Kiss, to be honest. Like, Sunny Kiss is fantastic, and I would love I would love to see these two like go at it for 15 or 20 minutes as well. But this is what Kenny Omega needs right now. We need the old Kenny Omega in this company. We need like Kenny Omega to seem like a credible threat. Yeah, because he hasn't really done that since, what, that Jericho match at All Out? Was it? No, Double or Nothing, I believe. Yeah, and he had that feud with Moxley, like, late last year, which was really good as well. But since then, he's just been tag team nothing, and he's been, like, the background character of a hot tag team. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Should we just stop wasting time and talk about what everyone's been talking about for the past week? Okay, you take it away, my man. How, how do you? How would you like to have your steak? I don't know why. Uh, first of all, MJF answering immediately. Well done. He should be locked up for that. Ooh. <laughs> Why? How do you have yours? Medium rare. It's got to be oh, a. Li- it's got to be a little here. bit alive. Oh, don't tell me you're a well done guy. Medium well. Oh, that's not as bad as well done. But, geez, if you want your steak cooked all the way through, just have some chicken. Why don't you just have it blue? I, I sometimes do. Depending on how good the meat is. I've sometimes had blue. Sometimes I might be hungry and I cook a steak and I'm just like, bugger it. I'm really hungry. Let's just eat it now. Oh, man. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, the whole MJF, Chris Jericho, song and dance routine. I really need to know what you thought about it. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I I still don't know if I love it or if I hate it. I thought it was everything about the segment itself in its own bubble was great. But I don't know, like, how this plays into the storyline. Or if you even, or if you even, like, let it play into the storyline. I suppose the thing from there would be it, because I'm always going to compare something like this to the Festival of Friendship. Yeah. And I don't think this was as good, but still that sort of level. Like, I prefer the Kevin Owens one a lot better. I think this whole segment was strictly done to have the internet in a frenzy. And maybe it was pretty much just done to have Jim Cornette blow a, blow a fuse, basically. And boy, did he. Oh, yeah. He said, 
I apologize for ever complimenting any modern wrestler ever. I've been coming out here the last year talking about how good Chris Jericho is, is carrying the company. I've also talked about how MJF is the future. Nah, they're all idiots, basically. Yeah, he's got a point. <laughs> it's like that. He said uh, something about they're all, um, how do I say this, PG? Ladies of the night for Tony Khan's money. <laughs> oh, I suppose that's a, another thing. Did you see this rumoured uh, dossier that was leaked on the internet about some of AEW's expenses? I did not know what, what's happened. Oh, no. <laughs> so I don't know if this is true or not, but it was like AEW payment uh, of the sum to wrestling journalist X and like there was like three or four listed uh, websites. Uh, Meltzer? Yeah. Meltzer, Alvarez, Vixen uh, Span. I remember where the top three off my head. Well, I think that's but I think that's been pretty obvious, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> let me let me just say I don't know if that's if that's a fake image or if anyone out there's actually confirmed it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, this is honestly my first time hearing about it. I feel like I would have heard about it by now if it was legit. But also, WWE co-ops wrestling quote-unquote media as well so this oh, year what's the, his name ryan satin that's him yeah so like like ryan satin cops a lot of grief for it but wwe never copped any grief for it AEW cops a lot of you know what online for paying off Meltzer basically so like I don't know. I don't get it. Um, yeah, but it's also the same AEW haters that are like, why would you have a bloody music segment in a wrestling show? But how good was Elias doing a full song and a half on Raw? That was cool. <laughs> oh, man. Um, that kind of looks fake. Yeah. And my God, <laughs> like if if that was legit, and if it actually is legit, like two hundred seven thousand for Meltzer, but what if but Conrad Thompson's net worth gets three hundred thirty three thousand? What's his network? Uh, Westwood One. It's a podcasting network. Oh, he owns that. Yeah. <laughs> what about old TikTok down the bottom there? Yeah, that's different. Um, Total Divas Entertainment. That's um, that GIF Twitter account. Yeah. TDE Wrestling. Um, Why's David Bixon span only getting ten grand. Don't know. That's yeah. interesting. I don't know uh, if that's true or not. 
Are they spending? Um, honestly, not bad. Not bad expenditures on water. I would <laughs> think they'd be spending a lot more than that, to be honest. Um, uh, I, I would honestly just like to see, like, just their receipts of like how much food they're buying, what food they're buying, like stuff like that. Like, oh, we spent like ten thousand dollars this year on wrist tape. I would love to see stuff like that. Oh man. Very, very different. Uh anyway, this episode of Dynamite, what do you think? Uh thumbs up for me. I like it was very obvious that the Bucks were gonna win the number one contendership. But I don't know about you, but, like, it was very obvious when the quote-unquote master timekeeper came out that it was Tully Blanchard just because he was walking around like an old man, right, <laughs> after the yeah. match. But then he gets up on the second rope and does and jumps off, and I'm like, there's no way Tully can do that. He... He did that so well that it made me think, oh, no, there's no way that's Tully Blanchard for a split second. So I'm starting to think Tully Blanchard could probably still go in the ring because he did that so well. For someone of his age, he, like, the way he landed on his feet after jumping off that second rope, he was too comfortable there, I reckon. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, give him a match. Come on. Um, so in closing, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. Thumbs up. Yeah, I agree with you. Thumbs up again for AEW this week. We go on to Saturday, October 24th, 2020 for WWE SmackDown. Are you ready? Oh... Man, is this joke just going to haunt me forever? (laughs) Probably. That's all right. I am ready for a good time. (laughs) We kick off with eight-man tag team match. Daniel Bryan, Kevin Kevin Owen, and the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford defeated Cesaro, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Second, a singles match. Bianca Belair defeated Selena Vega. Next, Lars Sullivan defeated Shorty G. And in the main event, Seth Rollins defeated Murphy. Uh, your thoughts on SmackDown, Alex? Um, if anyone was in any doubt about how good Murphy is, uh, that match really helped you make your mind up. Man, that was a great match with Rollins and Murphy. Yeah, highly recommend going and checking that one out if you haven't seen it already. Oh, quickly, I can't believe I glossed over this. Let's uh, just quick rewind to Dynamite. Phoenix versus... (laughs) Yeah. Phoenix versus Pentagon might have been the best TV match I've seen in a year. Um, Yeah, I'll say at least to the current era. Like... uh, I would definitely say it's up there as AEW's best television match. I think it can safely be in that category, at least. Yeah. Uh, I thought Phoenix versus Pentagon was amazing. 
Now let's go back to SmackDown. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to give that match praise because it was amazing. <laughs> uh, anything else of note from SmackDown you wanted to touch on? Uh, I really enjoyed the closing angle with Jay and Jimmy and Roman. I thought that was fantastic. The whole Jimmy's wearing a mask, so you think it's Jay talking, but then he takes off his mask. Oh, it's Jimmy. Turn around, Roman. And Jay Uso standing right behind him. Pretty good stuff. Um, yeah, Bianca I agree. Bel- Bianca Belair looked like an absolute freak in that match with Zelina Vega, the way she deadlifted Zelina Vega. I'm sorry, did you say a freak? That's the next match. (sighs) Um, Let's talk about Shorty G. Let's do it. Do we have to? He's Chad Gable now. Um, So, (laughs) Shorty G... This is going to get get into a realm you have no nothing no idea about. But Shorty G has been Shorty G for like a year now, and it was announced today that releasing next week is the first ever Shorty G action figure. The week after he turned back to Chad Gable. Good work, everyone involved. Good work. It's a collector's item now. Well, the thing is, it takes, like, Mattel, like, you know, it's going to take him, like, a year to make a figure. WWE should probably give their toy guys a heads up about, like, character changes and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, because we're at the point now where now... Shorty G action figures are just not going to be falling off those pegs. No one's going to buy them now. Not that they probably would have beforehand anyway. (laughs) I might have missed this, but did he say on TV that he's going back to Shorty G on SmackDown or uh, the pay-per-view? No, he said he's going back to Chad Gable. Yeah, um, on TV or that, I meant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after the last Sullivan match, he quits. Then after commercial break, they're doing an interview and they're like, what do you mean you quit? And he's like, I quit being Shorty G. I'm, I'm an Olympic wrestler. I'm legit. Blah, 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 blah. I am Gable. Chad Gable. Very but good. He said he wanted to be called Shorty G. Yeah, he's pretty much said... I'm sick of being a role model for people. I I thought I could take my criticisms and blah, blah, blah and turn it against people. Well, guess what, kids? You can't. It's it's just basically him turning heel into a heel, Chad Gable. Like everything he said before, I tried it, but it failed. So you guys are idiots. And do you want an explanation? No, you don't deserve one. (laughs) All the tropes, I guess. Yeah, I thought SmackDown was sort of lackluster as a go-home, apart from the the Roman stuff was really good. Um, I got thumbs down. Uh, 
Yeah, the Roman oh. stuff, the Murphy match. <laughs> thumbs down. I'll give a thumbs in the middle. I think I'm just in a really good mood today. <laughs> Did someone get new figs? No, no, no. Um, I just just in a good mood. <laughs> no it's figs good. today. Um, I might go fig hunting tomorrow, though. <laughs> Look out, Wodonga target. <laughs> Wait, you um, still got target down there? Yeah, man, somehow. <laughs> we got Kmart. Oh, we got a Kmart, too. Yeah, we used to have a target, but that closed down to be taken over by Kmart. Oh, really? Yeah, now, instead of two little stores, it's now one big Kmart. Oh. Because they were side by side. Oh, man. Do you guys have a big W? Yeah. They sell figs there. <laughs> anyway. so, so if you need wrestling figures you, you're not going to get them from Kmart but you'll probably get them from Big W if you ever get in the mood <laughs> uh, uh, so we go through to Sunday October 25th 2020 Impact Wrestling Bound for Glory oh my Um, I couldn't find the pre-show did you happen to catch the match from the pre-show I watched the entire pre-show via, well, ways. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Uh, I've so... watched everything we're about to talk about via those certain ways I have. Um... Uh, as AJ Styles once came out to, my evil ways. <laughs> um, pre-show match was a tag team match. The Dinas. Cody, Dina, and Cousin Shake defeating the Rascal members, Dez and Wince. Uh, how was this match? Uh, confusing. Uh, for no other reason than, like, why are the Rascals losing all the time? They're, like, probably... They're probably the tag team with the most upside. I can already answer team. that for you. What? They lose because the dead giveaways at the start of their song. Ah, I think it's half a gimmick. (laughs) And plus, plus, like, come on, Impact Wrestling for the last three, four years has been a a house for the problematic wrestlers. I think a little bit of the, well, whatever happens at the start of their song is the least of Impact's worries. Yeah. Um, anything else to note on the pre-show? Uh, Mick Foley, Bret Hart, Bass Rutten, Charles Sonnen, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, that one I know of because I saw that clip going around. Like, Mick yeah. Foley? Mick Foley, Bret Hart. What? Man. Yeah, they, they all this time... All for did... a... Uh... A certain man's special occasion. Yes, yeah. And and the induction was on the pre-show as well. Yeah, uh, the induction of Ken Shamrock into the TNA Hall of Fame officially. Yeah, Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. Let's give him the respect. Um, what did I say? TNA. Oh, you it's a hard the... habit to break. 
Yeah, you said the three letters they're desperately trying to shake off, but then they bring back the TNA title and then wonder why people are saying those three letters. Um, but yeah, uh, it was a really cool induction. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, like, Ken Shamrock might have got the most star-studded in Hall of Fame induction in the history of wrestling. Just because uh, it's like kind of one of the upsides of this pandemic because people can just send in videos now and it's kind of acceptable to have like Zoom quality videos on your TV show in 2020. So it's fine. You can do that now. And he was able to get like, well, the biggest A-list celebrity in the world, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who like last week or the week before became the most followed American male in the world on Instagram. American male? American male? Exactly. Um, Yeah, probably Scotty Riggs is a close second, I would assume. Maybe not. Um, Anyway. uh... Yeah, yeah, I thought that whole Hall of Fame thing was awesome. Like, Ken Shamrock got mega superstar treatment awesome baby face like induction speech it's a shame that the pay-per-view had to start and he had to become a heel again yeah the heel turn of ken shamrock was horribly timed just dumb i suppose they need need people for the show and he put his hand up so yeah yeah it's just does he have to be a heel the night of his Hall of Fame induction? Can't you turn him heel the night after the impact after Bound for Glory and then move forward? Like has, this, yeah. Has anyone ever gone into the um, Feds Hall of Fame as a heel, like who was still wrestling at that time? No. I think it would be pretty much impossible to do that if there was a crowd. Um, who if they inducted that was active? It was Flair, Triple H, but a lot of the fans see him as a baby face because he's like leader in um. And, in and he hasn't he hasn't really been active since his Hall of Fame induction anyway. Um, sh- I'm just trying to think who else Angle. Angle was babyface when he got inducted and then he came back. Yeah. Um, Goldberg, yeah. babyface, obviously. Um, oh, sort of. <laughs> hey, man. I, I love Big Bill. I just think he gets put in. He just does whatever he is told to do and he's... And I think if they said, oh, you can just like have undercard matches he'd happily do it in his day and age but Vince just sees dollar signs when he looks at Big Bill yeah that's why I'm calling him Big Bill anywho uh, onto the pay-per-view enough sidetracking so results were X Division uh, X Division Championship Scramble Match Rahit Raju the champion defeated Chris Bay Jordan Grace TJP Trey and Willie Mack. Second was the Call Your Shot gauntlet match. 
where uh, the losing participants were AC Romero, Adam Forstone, Alicia Edwards, Brian Myers, Crazy Steve, Davari, Balaba, Havoc, who had Nevaeh by ringside, Heath Hernandez, James Storm. <laughs> uh, I think I did. I send you a message about. Um, have you watched Bound for Glory yet? Something we talked about recently just seems a lot more topical now. <laughs> uh, I might have said something. If not, if not, maybe I just thought about sending it to you and just didn't follow through because I thought it might have made made it a little bit too obvious. <laughs> not that I can see. I, I've been fighting the no, urge. I was you might have fighting for the other group. I was fighting the urge all day to send you a message saying, speaking of Killer Queens, have you seen Bound for Glory yet? James Storm, Kira Hogan, who had Tasha Steele's pottering side, Larry D, List of the Legends, Sammy Callahan, Swoggle, <laughs> Ty of Valkyrie, who had Johnny Bravo and Rosemary by ringside, Neil Dashwood, who had Caleb with a K by ringside, and Tommy Dreamer, who all lost to Rhino, who wins the Call Your Shot gauntlet match. Which Next obviously call. wasn't the plan, by the way, but we'll talk about that later. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, Next was a singles match, unofficially for the TNA Championship, I guess? I think it was more so for, it wasn't for the TNA title, it was for possession of the title. Fair enough. Which sees Moose defeating EC3. Uh, This was sort of a shock to me. It honestly wasn't a shock to me. I um, I had heard rumours that EC3 wasn't going to be sticking around long in Impact. And that this whole thing was just to put Moose over and to move EC3 onto his next venture. Ooh. Which uh, we'll probably talk about later on in this rap, maybe. Next was a singles match. Ken Shamrock with Sammy Callahan defeated Eddie Edwards. Uh, then the three championship matches close out the show. First, the tag team title match. The North, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander defeated Ace Austin, Madman Fulton. The Motor Seed Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, who were the champions as well as the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson. Um, the Impact Knockouts Championship match. I must have missed something here because... Nope. Okay. Nope, you missed nothing. Because I last remember it being um, Kylie Ray. Yeah, it was. Perazzo. Here's the thing, like, all I've heard is about this situation is Kylie Ray was in Nashville, but she didn't show up to the tapings for Bound for okay. Glory. And well, this is what, 
this is the issue I had with it. All right, you know she's not here, but why have this, like, like throughout this whole pay per view, they were saying like, yeah, and tonight we got Kylie Ray versus Diana Perazzo, and the announcers all night talking about Kylie Ray challenging for the title. The the video package before this match was all about Kylie Ray's journey to the title. Couldn't you have just had someone, like, just without the video package, just had someone come out and say, Kylie Ray's not here, Dionne, but we've got a new opponent for you. Like Scott Demore or something. Yeah, he's sort of what GM sort of role now on Impact. Yeah, yeah, just have him come out and do that. And just oh, explain boy. it. It just makes it seem a bit more logical instead of like Gianna Perazzo just coming out and being like, well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, Carly Ray's not here, but I'm going to challenge any woman in the locker room or any male for that matter to challenge me for my knockouts title. And also that teasing a male coming out wasn't necessary. If it's yeah. just going to be a woman coming out, just say woman. Like, when you specifically mention a male, it gets your audience thinking, oh, well, then it's definitely a male. Yeah. Um, so it is Diana Perazzo with Kimberly in her corner versus Sue Young and not Susie? What? <laughs> Well, that made sense. Maybe. Like, because Susie had her arm broken by Diana. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So then, like, so I think what was meant to happen was maybe, like, Carly Ray's getting ganged up on in her title match by both Kimberly and Diana. And then, like, at some point in the middle of the match, Sue Young makes her evil return and helps Kylie Ray win the title. Yeah. Just a guess. Just a guess. Yeah, so they've actually changed course here as Sue Young defeats Deanna Perazzo to become the new Knockouts champion. Didn't see yes. that coming. Uh, bound for plans change. That's uh, the story of the night so far. Yeah. Uh, main event of the night, Impact World Championship. It is Eric Young, the champion, taking on Rich Swan, And Rich Swan gets the win here to become new Impact World Champion. Um, I thought it was a good match. What about yourself? I can handle it. Oh, no, that's not his team anymore. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really good main event. Um. Still not sure how I feel about, like, Rich Swan being the payoff at your biggest show. I think him coming... I, I honestly believe that he should have just won the title at Slammiversary. Yeah. And then, like, have... And then, like, you got more time to sort of build him up and establish him as a main event guy at that point. For Bound for Glory. And then just have him just 
like the entire time between Slammiversary and Bound for Glory, Eric Young's still killing everybody. But you've just built up a credible heel challenger and it's Rich Swan's first challenge for the title or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I thought there was still a lot of things you could have done with Eric Young going into the new year, but I don't know. Is he done with Impact shortly after this or is he going to stick around? I think he's going to stick around. I'm not too sure, though. I'm not too sure. There's full disclosure. I've already seen what we'll talk about next week on next week's wrap from Impact. And you could go either way with it from what happened on Impact. Oh, boy. Um, bound for glory. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways, no thumbs. <laughs> um. Let's just dissect one other thing. Like, was that one of the worst cinematic things you've ever seen in wrestling? Like, out of all the cinematic matches we've had this year, was the Moose EC3 thing, like, kind of cringy? A little, but I still feel the Dr. Britt one's the worst I've seen. Oh, forgot all about it. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 That that makes sense. How do you have somebody inject like nerve, whatever it is, like a, a um, numbing agent into someone's leg to pin them to win a match? Like, what the actual hell? That's when AEW jumped the shark with their cinematic matches. Have they done one since? I don't think so, but I think they're about to. The closest one they sort of got since was what, the um, parking lot brawl. Yeah. In a that, that was amazing. Um, five stars, questionable. But anyway, um, before we go off <laughs> on another tangent. Um, yeah, Bound for Glory for me, thumbs in the middle. I poor old Heath getting injured. Him winning that call your shot gauntlet would have been huge for him because like he's desperately needed needed it. Uh, to be honest, the whole Heath for impact thing is sort of been hit and miss for me. Well, mainly miss. There was that one good week with like Chuck Norris and. David Hasselhoff and all that that I thought was really entertaining, but yeah, um, yeah, it's just a shame he got injured. I loved, I loved everything with Swoggle and Brian Myers, just because like they're they're like legit, like really close friends in real life. So and that they're like. They do a lot of stuff on the major wrestling figure podcast together as well. Like they bring Swoggle in all the time. Like they just do things like they start talking about a horn swoggle action figure and they're like, Oh, it's one in the morning. Let's give let's give old Dylan Hornswoggle a call. Because his name is Dylan Postle. They're like, Oh, let's ring up let's ring up Big Dylan. And they just call up Hornswoggle in the middle of the night and Hornswoggle just swears at him and hangs up on him. <laughs> like, they've yeah. just got a really good dynamic with those guys. So I just 
really enjoyed seeing it on um, on a natural pay per view, but it might have like a lot of the whole stuff like might have really have gone over everyone's head because if you don't follow like Brian Myers and Matt Cardona's stuff because like like Hornswoggle gets in the ring and Brian Myers just turns around and goes Dylan what are you doing here. And, like, goes to give him a big hug, but then, like, throws him out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. Um, also, like, awesome, like, Road Warrior Animal tribute by Tommy Dreamer, like, with all the face paint, even gave himself the hair. But <laughs> the Doomsday device was the best thing. <laughs> like, Tommy Dreamer is on his knees. And, and he, obviously, Tommy Dreamer is a little bit chubby, so he can't do the full electric chair to Brian Myers. So he just stays down on his knees and has Brian Myers on his shoulder as Hornswoggle jumps from like the first, from the bottom rope to deliver the clothesline for the Doomsday device. It was like the world's smallest Doomsday device. I loved that. I thought that was great. Um, another little tidbit. This is just all because I'm such a major wrestling figure podcast fan. Brian Myers like eliminated Tennille Dashwood. We love Tennille. Oh man, <laughs> do you do you know where I'm going here? Yeah, go on. Tennille used to be in a relationship with Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder. Uh, a couple of days ago, Matt Cardona on like the major wrestling figure podcast, like Patreon page, just like puts up a screenshot. I uh, puts up a photo of I just received this eight by ten in the mail, and it's like Brian Myers like backstage at Bound for Glory, just doing a proper promo shot, and it says down the bottom Bound for Glory twenty twenty. And Brian Myers is like signed it, says to Matt. And then he's like written a little speech bubble. I eliminated your exit bound for glory. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. So um, that that's my little tidbits anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um the build up to the event didn't help at all. So I gave it thumb sideways. I couldn't give it a full thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the North, but should they be champs again? I don't know. I, good I, thought, I thought for sure it was going to be the Good Brothers winning that one. And I still no, think I the Good Brothers are going to end the year as Impact Tag Champs. I think they should have just done it here. Now, what you got to do is you send the Good Brothers over to Japan to win the IWGP titles. Then they're going to come back to Impact and drop it to Triple XL. No, no. What's going to happen is the reverse this time. Impact are going to be so desperate to get back their New Japan relationship that they're going to be like, hey, New Japan, you can have our tag champs. Do whatever you want. It's fine. And then this time, like, New Japan's going to be like, Okay, that's cool. Uh, 
Yano and Yoshihashi are the new Impact Wrestling tag champs. No, won- no, you go. Oh, you go Doki. How bad can I go? Doki. Yeah, but the thing with Doki, anyone you pair him with is going to be a good pairing. Yeah, yeah. How about, uh, how about Watto? Watto and Taguchi. <laughs> no, no, you just you just go. Oh no, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows dropped the Impact Wrestling tag titles to the Bullet Club. Yep, that's right. They lost it to Gato and Dick to go. <laughs> oh, Gato finally gets his revenge. He g- gives himself the Impact tag titles this time. <laughs> Oh, and that's what you get for leaving us in 2015 or 2016. That's what you get. Then we had we had to bring in Cody Hall because of you guys. Was it a 2010? No, the, the good. I meant the Good Brothers leaving New Japan. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But also the 2010 thing as well. Gato's ultimate revenge. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I haven't watched the New Japan event this week with the two pay-per-views, so if I have time next week, I might uh, quickly chuck it in there. So, uh, sorry. <laughs> I'll, take that as, I'll take that as a hint to go back and watch it then. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, it might be all undercard matches and Watto might be on. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll watch the main event. Yeah. Anyway, speaking about pay-per-views, Monday, October 26, 2020, WWE, Hell in the Cell. Hell in a cell? Hell with a cell. Yeah, let's go with that. Hell with a cell. No? Yeah, hell in a cell. It's always hell in a cell. No, isn't one the match and one's a pay-per-view? Or it was for a few years? Oh, there's... I saw a, I saw a video recently. It was called, like, you know Mandela Effects? Yeah. Have you, yeah, it was, like, Mandela Effects in wrestling. And one of them was, like, people have always thought it was called hell in the cell. But turns out it's always been hell in a cell. And I was like, oh, come on, guys, you're stretching here. Um, but I, I always thought it was hell in a cell. I don't know. Yeah, it, it could what? actually be a legit Mandela effect then. <laughs> I'm going to look this up. I'm going to sell a vent. Oh, I want the match type. Uh, I think there might have been times before the first ever Hell in a Cell match where they called it Hell in the Cell. But, yeah. But I think it's all, since then it's pretty much been a cell. But yeah. it should it I'll should actually... I did. In theory, it should be the cell because, like, you're not going to confuse it with any other cell. So it should be the cell. 
it's not like there's multiple cells lying around of this structure. It's not no. one of a cell. Anyway, this is such a silly conversation. <laughs> yeah. Pre-show, did you watch? Hell no. Good. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Pay-per-view, did you watch? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay, not moving on. <laughs> yeah, we've we got to talk about it, man. Oh, man. Like... I'll ask you afterwards. We'll go through the results first. WWE Universal title I Quit Hell in a Cell match. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman defeats Jay Uzo. Next, Elias defeats Jeff Hardy by DQ. Money in the Bank contract match. The Miz with John Morrison defeats Otis with Tucker, meaning the Miz is now Mr. Money in the Bank. WWE SmackDown Women's Championship Hell in a Cell match. Sasha defeats Bailey to become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. WWE United States Championship match. Bobby Lashley, the champion, defeats old slapjack Shane Fawn. And then in the main event for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, a Hell in a Cell match, Randy Orton defeats Drew McIntyre. Three Hell in a Cell matches. Did any of these regain your interest in the gimmick? Uh, I thought, well, no, the gimmick's been buried for years. But I thought all three Hell in a Cell matches were very good to excellent. Um, And I also thought all three of them were very different from the others. Yeah. Um, like, like the Sasha Bailey one was a lot of plunder. The Roman Reigns Jey Uso one was a lot of like emotional sort of storytelling. And then Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre was very hard hitting and they sort of get out of the cell from time to time as well. Yeah. Um, for myself, the gimmick's been dead for a couple of years so i have no interest in these matches so because my standards of expectation are so low these matches all deliver yeah definitely definitely uh can we not have a red hell in a cell anymore though please just you wait until smackdown win survivor series this year and they get control of the hell in the cell color yeah, like, that was the thing. Like, the Hell in a Cell came down on SmackDown. Like, at the end of SmackDown, it's this bright red Hell in a Cell and everything around it is, like, blue because of SmackDown's blue. It just yeah. seems so weird. Like, the Hell in a Cell showing up on SmackDown, that episode. Um, it's also that red is such a, a strong colour compared to your normal... Uh, grey like the steel grey that yeah. red stands out it irritates your eyes and it's hard to see through it whereas greys yeah. like more of a neutral calming colour you can see it without your eyes being irritated yeah you go two ways with it you either go grey or you go black Oh, what about retro and go old powder blue 
They should make it like the Hell in a Cell, like the same like dimensions and size of the current Hell in a Cell, except it's this old school type of metal and the big thick bars and like the giant squares, square spaces and all that sort of stuff. So it's easier to climb up and it'll look heaps more violent when people get thrown into it. Um, the one thing but I'd the reason why that used to look more violent is because apparently it just legit hurt all the time, so that's why they got rid of it. The one thing I do like about a, a Hell in a Cell over a cage match is WWE don't know how to put a hole in the cage for cameras. So at least yeah. with a cell, you have a man inside the ring filming. Yeah, like Impact and TNA like were the best at filming cage matches because they just put the holes in. Yeah, like the UFC does. Yeah. And like occasionally like that sort of provides an option for a creative spot because they did that a few times as well in TNA doing spots with the hole in the cage. Didn't we watch Lockdown and somebody reached through to grab a title belt? Lockdown. Yeah, yeah, that's what we watched. Oh wait, wasn't it? Maybe I'm not sure well, now. It was probably oh nine. Yeah, it was oh nine. It was just before Hogan came in. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tucker turned heel. Okay. <laughs> and no one cares. <laughs> Also, Tucker's on SmackDown now. Also, we were right about Otis actually losing the contract. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, they made the big deal about Otis lost everything, his briefcase, his friend to Raw, his girlfriend to Raw. Now his best friend's turned on him uh, but at least his friend's back on SmackDown now for some reason. No, he was drafted to Raw the other week in the draft, wasn't he? Yep. Oh, for God's sake. They I hate this company. Yeah, they moved him back to SmackDown. Um, and they never even announced it. They, Someone just pulled up the roster page and... Tucker, who was last week on the Raw roster page, is now on the SmackDown roster page. So, yeah. God uh, uh, This company, man. All right. Let me nerd out for a second to talk about The Miz winning money in the bank. Go on. All right. Who did The Miz cash in on to become WWE champion the first time. I'm going to take a wild guess and say it wasn't Alex Riley. <laughs> no. No, it <laughs> I wasn't. I don't know. I'm going to say... Oh. Wait, which which title? Um, WWE or Big Gold? WWE. Um, Spinner Belt. Orton? Yes, it was Randy Orton. Do you know 
what arena it was in that he cashed in on Randy Orton as WWE champion. Was it the Smoothie King Center? It was the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida, which is now the Thunderdome. Amway, so I haven't heard of that arena before. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah. I should just say, in 2010, the th- it was still the Thunderdome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's another thing. You're not going to know this, so I'm not going to make this a question. The date. Not made fun. Do you know the date the Miz cashed in on Randy Orton at the Amway Center? November the ninth. November the twenty second, two thousand and ten. Now, if you Google search. You'll find that the date of this year's Survivor Series is November 22nd. The exact 10-year anniversary of The Miz cashing in for his first world title. And Randy Orton will be the champion. And it's going to be in the exact same arena. And it'll be awesome. I'm just saying... They have to cash in that night. And this time, Randy Orton wins. Considering what you could have done given the pandemic era, like, who was in that men's match? AJ? Elias? Corbin? Yeah. No, Jeez, I, like, I wouldn't want to see any of them win it, to be honest. Not even AJ. You wouldn't have wanted to see AJ win and have like this heel AJ run with the title. That, well, yeah, that would be nice. But honestly, honestly, at the time, I would not have wanted to have seen anyone cash in on Drew McIntyre. <laughs> um, but now that's not an option. So, yeah, AJ would have been nice. Oh, Alistair Black was the favourite heading into it. Well, that's right. He got thrown off Titan Towers. How could I forget? Yeah, so it was... Who, who Corbin throw? He threw him and someone else off. Ray. Ray. <laughs> that's right, because he showed up the next night, not hurt at all, and then it was explained, I was only... A, like a, a two-meter drop. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ray's had a hell of a year, hasn't he? He almost got thrown off a skyscraper and then lost an eyeball. Um, yeah. <laughs> and now his, now his daughter... Is... <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> um... Yeah. Crisis Ray Mysterio. <laughs> yeah, poor Ray. He's had a rough year. Uh, hell with a cell. Hell by the cell. Hell on a cell. <laughs> no? Um, oh. Hell inside of a structure. Heck in a sec. Heck in a sec. Um... Thumbs, Thumbs up for me. Ooh. 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 
Go on. Uh, I I thought the three cell matches carried this. Obviously, it was designed to carry this pay per view. Obviously, I don't think they were expecting Elias and Jeff Hardy to have a Steamboat Flare Classic or the Miz and Otis to do some Hogan Hogan versus right. Dwayne Johnson storytelling or you know. Bobby Lashley and Slapjack to to come out and give us Brett and Sean. Um, I don't think that was the design. So, yeah, obviously the three cell matches carried it. I thought Reigns versus Uso was just incredible storytelling. Sasha Banks yeah, versus... Cameos. We didn't even touch on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, my, my boys... From the WCW fantasy roster, Arthur and Seeker of the now defunct Heenan family. Oh, I'm very sad. Oh, it's okay. Uh, uh, we'll talk about that on the next episode of Fugs. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that that was surprising. Um. Yeah, one of them looks exactly the same as he used to look, except his hair's, you know, just a lighter colour now. The other one looks completely different. It's just insane. Father Time has a weird way of meeting people, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it certainly can be cruel at times. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um... I also really enjoyed Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre, although I think the climbing the Hell hell in a Cell stuff might have been a little unnecessary. Yeah, a little. little. Like, they didn't do too much on top of the Cell. It was all just to get, like, to the halfway point of climbing down and having Drew take the bump off the Cell. But they could have just done that just in the process of climbing up the cell instead. I guess they decide to do it because it's one of the few times I'll be able to do it and get away with it without fans there. Yeah. Because if they'd done that without, with fans there, I don't think they would have got as big a reaction for climbing down to the side. But yeah. again, you never know. Main, main event of the night, how many beers deep are you? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Anyway, um, bump sideways for me, thumbs... Thumbs up, up. for me. Yeah. Uh, moving forward, Tuesday, October 27th, 2020. Ring of Honor Wrestling number 475 for night seven of the Pure Tournament. Uh, results were that Jonathan Gresham defeated Josh Woods, who had Silas Young at ringside in 12 minutes. Then in the other semi-final, Jay Lethal was defeated by Tracy Williams in 19 minutes, 29. Your thoughts, Alex? Uh, Ring of Honor make me sound like an absolute imbecile, don't they? I was like, oh, this is the most predictable tournament ever. Blah, blah, blah. It's obviously going to be Gresham versus Lethal in the final. This is such a predictable tournament. My jaw is probably still on the floor right now from the finish of this match. 
I did not think there was a chance in hell that Tracy Williams was going to win this. It blew my mind. Yeah, I'd have to agree. If if we had a uh, UK booking for this, for this event, I certainly would have lost a lot of money on semi-final night. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. Yeah, just blew my mind. And now I'm thinking Tracy Williams is going to win the whole thing. Because I thought they would have put Lethal v Gresham in the final and then sort of had them two go at it. And because they're the tag champs, they're going to sort of splinter off going forward and you'll get a new tag team in the next couple of weeks but as um champions in the next couple of weeks but um doesn't really seem to be going that way so they could go tracy williams but i mean the heavy favorite's got to be gresham just for his style alone yeah i'm just thinking maybe this whole thing has been a way to build tracy williams up and he wins the pure title by beating both tag team champions to do it as well. Like, that could make him seem a lot more credible than he was before the start of the tournament. And then you don't have to... Then you don't book yourself into a corner with having a double champion or something like that where where there are quite a lot of complications with booking a double champion. Like, it can be tough to work around sometimes. Yeah. Um, anything outside the tournament you want to touch on before moving on to uh, the next show? Uh, we got some. We got a good EC3 promo again. Uh, we got some more Taven versus Vinny stuff that I don't care about, but you probably do. You want to talk about that? Nah, it's all good. I can save that for when it actually starts. Yeah. Um, I think... I I can't remember, but they say next week we're getting um, Shane Taylor and his crew versus e- EC3 and the Briscoes, I believe. I think that's the week after. I think next week is just the um, tournament final if it goes to the time limit. Oh, okay, a 60-minute time limit, is it? I'm pretty sure. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And then, of course, if it goes short, you can go, oh, here's an impromptu match. Yeah. Yeah, if it goes short, just chuck EC3 on and do a promo. He's really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Hell, EC3 would be... Heavyweight, if you went over to Japan, wouldn't you? Yeah, big time. Because Ring of Honor's got that affiliation. Send him over. Pair him against Watto. Great feud. <laughs> I was going to say, if you could, if we could get a thing where we get like back and forth promos between Jay White and EC3, that would be money. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ring of Honor this week. Thumbs up for me. What about yourself? Yeah, big thumbs up. That that Tracy Williams beating Jay Lethal, that just mind-blowing stuff. Oh, man. Now we get on to 
the ro- <laughs> the worst part of the week. <laughs> the worst part of the week with Raw. Oh my god. And it's the favourite time of the year. Brand supremacy that nobody should care about because they've all just switched in the past couple of weeks. It's so dumb. Yeah. Yep. I agree with what you said previously. They should do the draft after Survivor Series or after WrestleMania. Yeah. Anywho, Survivor Series qualifying matches took place throughout the night. The first one being AJ Styles with Big Jordan defeated Jeff Hardy. Next was just a tag team match. Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado defeated Akira Tozawa and Drew Gulak. Another Survivor Series qualifying match, Keith Lee defeated Elias. An elimination eight-man tag team match where the Hurt Business, Bobby Lashley, Cedric Alexander, MVP and Shelton Benjamin defeat Retribution, Mace, Mustafa, no, what is it now? Mustafa. Uh, yeah, Mustafa. Yeah. Mace, Mustafa Ali, Slapjack and T-Bar with Reckoning in their corner by disqualification. A singles match where Drew McIntyre defeated The Miz, who had John Morrison in his corner. A Survivor Series qualifying fatal four-way match where Lana defeated Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, and Peyton Royce. And in the main event, a Survivor Series qualifying match, Sheamus defeats Matt Riddle. Oh, my... Like, can I just say, your, your Survivor Series participants to defend your brand. AJ was on SmackDown last month. Keith Lee's come up in the last couple of months from NXT. Lana's been a joke on Raw since coming back. And Sheamus was on SmackDown last month. To be fair, Lana, via the rule of seniority, should be captain of the female Survivor Series team. Because yeah. she's been the one on Raw the longest. Who else is in the team? Did I miss noting that down? Sorry. Like, you got Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross. Oh, no. Sorry. It's uh, it's not them. It's Liv Morgan, who came back at the end of last year to feud with Lana, who's been on Raw for ages now you got ruby Wright, who came back like early this year you got nia jacks who just came back not long ago a few months ago but it feels like she's been around forever Shayna baszler who got called up this year yeah so that makes lana the most senior raw member of the female raw team so technically she should be captain oh wow that's sad. Make Lana captain. Give her the Alicia Fox gimmick. Give her a great big hat. <laughs> oh, man. Um, any defensive retribution this week, or you're just done? Uh, yeah. Uh, I love their promos backstage. I think they're really good. Ali's really good at heel promos but yeah that i really wanted them to be good and they're who we, not who were we saying the other week was 
really good on promo, like really good look and everything. And then when they go in the ring, they'll just land. Oh, you can pretty much say that by about pretty much any wrestler pre two thousand. I think I know what we we're talking about, like their look and their presence and that. I think we we're talking about evil on the R block. Saying how he has a look and a presence and the promos he cuts when the fans interact with him were good and then he gets in the ring and this whole G one's just been terrible. Yeah, yeah, well he's Definitely one of those sort of people. I can think of a lot of people, to be honest. Um, oh, one of them got beat by Keith Lee on this particular episode of Raw. Looks great, character's great, promo's great, in-ring sucks. Yeah. Elias, in case oh. anyone hasn't figured it out. I just realised who it actually was on the R block. Your mate, Juice Robinson. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely him. Yeah, for sure. I agree with my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thumbs down, Raw. What the hell have you done to Peyton and Shane Vaughan? Oh, man. Also, like, I get that he's problematic and all, but you've just completely just ruined Matt Riddle in the last few weeks. Good. Yeah, I get it, but like, if you just sack him, just fire him. Don't put him on TV then if you're upset with him. Like, all you're doing is just like, hey guys, look at this POS. (laughs) You know, look at this butthole of a human. We're promoting him. Oh no, he lost. We're good, see? But no, you still promoted him anyway. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, full disclaimer, I've never really been that big a fan of real life or even on his indie days. Like, when he first turned up in NXT, all he was was bro. And it's just like, oh, so you just get stoned all the time and just wear thongs around. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they've ever used him well in since he got signed. Because the Matt Riddle I know from, like, his indie run was, like, yeah, he's laid back outside the ring, but he's just, like, a killer inside the ring. He's legit. And they haven't really focused on that part of it all. Like, how often do they even talk about the fact that this dude, like, was in the UFC for years. Like, they don't even talk about that sort of stuff. They were gifted the perfect opportunity to do a Kurt Angle secret son and Kurt Angle mentorship, and they buggered that up. How do you think they expect to do anything right? Come on. There is nothing they could have done when they teased that Kurt Angle has a secret son that would have been a satisfying reveal. Chad Gable, he's an Olympian. It's it it still would have sucked. <laughs> yes, but it would have at least made more sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh but Jason Jordan is tall. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll explain something there to you off air. Uh, anyway, thumbs down, Raw. Go away. Yeah, um, not good. Uh, actually, the Randy Orton fiend Drew McIntyre stuff at the end was pretty all right. Like the Alexa Bliss stuff was pretty cool. I like the Firefly Funhouse. That was fine. I'm not like a lot of people. A lot of people are so sick of The Fiend, I say on the internet. Like, they're all done with it. I'm still into it. I just don't want to see him and Braun go at it. Yeah, not not really. No, there's like certain people that in the past, if you look at his track record, he's guaranteed to have a good match with a certain style. I guarantee you him and Randy Orton are going to have a good match if they don't, like, overbook themselves with it by, like, doing stupid stuff like putting maggots on the ring mat. Needs more falling refrigerators. Yeah, well... Or, yeah, like I said, the maggots on the ring mat at WrestleMania... That is a thing that happened. Uh, (laughs) Those two could have had a killer match. Anyway, yeah, raw thumbs down. Okay. Uh, Upcoming pay-per-views for the month of November. November the 7th features New Japan Power Struggle. November the 8th, AEW's Full Gear. November the 15th sees the start of New Japan's Best of the Super Juniors and World Tag League running on separate nights. Uh, The 22nd will see WWE Survivor Series and Impact has confirmed turning point for November, a date still to be confirmed. Yeah, what's turning point going to be? One of those things like Victory Road, just like on the Impact Plus thing? Yeah, an Impact Plus special. Yeah. Um, TV champ of the week, Alex. Do you have anyone in mind? I do. I do. Um, this week for me is none other than Ray Phoenix. Wow. Which I am half tempted to take the award away because he got injured in that match and immediately afterwards on Twitter they had to announce that Pentagon was replacing him to face Kenny Omega. Brawl for all. Brawl for all. (laughs) Well, you know, brothers fight, and brothers fight hard sometimes. No, this this tournament in general, you had Janela pulled, Ray pulled. Well, maybe that's what they're going for. Kenny Omega's like the kiss of death of this tournament. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, I thought just because I haven't been able to give it to him for a while and he had a, a good showing, I gave it to Hangman Page. The Hangers, yeah. Love it. Oh, man. Um, I suppose before we sign off, was there anything from uh, outside our discussed shows that you want to touch on, uh, like Dark or NXT UK or New Japan Strong? <laughs> You're kidding yourself, mate. Um, 
No, not really, but I would like to say that I've really gotten into a couple of wrestlers' vlogs lately. Um, so Sammy Guevara does some good stuff. It's sort of like a heel version of BTE, basically. Like, you see more of the heels backstage. BTE, you see a lot more of the baby faces. So Sammy Guevara does some good stuff there. Um, they got a thing at the moment where... Um, <laughs> This sounds absolutely ridiculous, but it's just brilliant. Uh, Fuego Del Sol is just like, everyone hates him backstage because he's a massive loser and all that. But for some reason, Cody Rhodes is like obsessed with Fuego Del Sol. <laughs> and he like follows him around. Is like, didn't you win the like East Indiana Southern struggle? Like, into a welterweight title and Fuego's like, yeah, I won that. He goes, man, I grew up watching that match. I was the biggest fan of Fuego Del Sol growing up. Like, you do that Tornado DDT. We love you, man. Fuego Del Sol, you're my inspiration. He's like, <laughs> and like, Cody's just obsessed with Fuego and he, like, looks up to Fuego Del Sol who, like, if you have no idea who it is, it's, like, just some masked dude that loses all the time on Dark. It's, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he like, wears, like, an orange mask, and he, like, yeah, he just loses all the time on AEW Dark. And, oh, my God. An O went. <gasps> no. Technically, we should be talking about this for next week's wrap, but we won't anyway. So, congratulations, Brandon Cutler. You finally got a win. No. <laughs> Damn you. Peter <laughs> Avalon should have won. Nah, nah. Um, it's imagine like taking that little clip of you being upset that Peter Avalon lost the match. And playing that to like 2019 Chris Thunderhog. Hate the librarians, stupid shush. Give me, get the hell out of here. You're shh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so. Also, oh, quickly, also, I've watched Ethan Page's vlog. He's really good. That's it. Okay. Yeah, Ethan Page has a really good vlog. He's also a figure collector, but he collects, like, superhero stuff. But he also does, like, a lot of stuff backstage at indie events and Impact and stuff like that. Oh, so perfect. that's my recommendations for the week, humans. Check out Sammy Guevara's vlog. Check out Ethan Page's vlog. From there, I suppose we should be uh, wrapping things up. Alex, where can the good humans find us on social medias? Yeah, at WrestleOzStyle on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, that is OzStyle, spelled A-U-S. And you can find us on Facebook at to uh, search up Wrestling OzStyle. Yes, indeed. Uh, he is, Freddy is Alex. I am at I am Chris Funder. You can listen back to the entire archive for free on SoundCloud, Google, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube coming soon-ish. 
when I have time. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so with that being said, we'll chat to you all next time. There was maggots on the ring, Matt, in a WrestleMania WWE title match, folks. <laughs>